I'm Jessica Peresta, host of the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Maria Baltazzi. She is the author of the book, Take a Shot at Happiness, How to Write, Direct, and Produce the Life You Want. So much to learn today. Thanks for listening. And by the way, before you go, could you do me a favor and uh, maybe find one friend, a colleague, a family member, you know, someone to share the episode with. That would be so cool. Thanks so much. You are awesome. Enjoy the show. There's a lot of satisfaction in having a goal like climbing Kilimanjaro or climbing a through a a 15,000 foot pass to Machu Picchu. There is something magical to being in the middle of nowhere on a safari vehicle watching at a waterhole elephants bathing their babies and and the zebra and the giraffe standing nearby, you know, waiting their turns to to go into the waterhole. It's it's just it's just magical. It takes your breath away. It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show. With lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up the tin and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Milletto. Maria Baltazzi is a happiness explorer. Her experience as an Emmy-winning TV producer, well-being teacher, world traveler, and luxury travel designer specializing in transformative adventures has given her a unique lens into conscious living. Maria has developed and produced shows throughout the world. She was one of the original supervising producers of the mega-TV hit Survivor. She is a member of both the Producers and Directors Guild of America, a fellow national member of the Explorers Club, and an advisor for the Transformational Travel Council. Maria holds an MFA in film from Art Center College of Design and a PhD in Conscious Centered Living from the University of Sedona. Additional studies include mindfulness meditation teaching training with Jack Cornfield and Tara Brock, primordial sound meditation teacher training from the Chopra Center, happiness studies with Dr. Tal Ben-Shahar, uh, positive neuroplasticity training with Rick Hansen, spiritual psychology with Dr. Ron and Mary Holnick at the University of Santa Monica, positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania, the science of happiness at the University of Berkeley, and an inner MBA from Mindful NYU. Maria, looking forward to talking to you about uh, what a happiness explorer is and so much more with your book. Uh, thanks so much for joining on joining me on the show and say hi to everyone. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you so much for having me on your show. You are doing marvelous work. Well, you're too kind, and thanks so much for being here. It's cool. I'm <laughs> excited about talking with you. We got. Uh, let's start with this. I read in your bio that you're a happiness explorer. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Well, a happiness explorer is what I encourage all of my readers to be, and that is someone who seeks to understand themselves better and what makes them specifically happier. So when it relates to love or forgiveness or taking care of your health, how do those things which feed into our overall happiness you know, how is that specific to you? 
Now, that's awesome because this is, uh, you know, we're getting ready to talk about your book in just a second, which is called Take a Shot at Happiness, How to Write, Direct, and Produce the Life You Want. Um, and what's really cool is you've done a lot of cool things. I mean, from being a TV show producer in work world, but also then visiting the world, <laughs> the the whole world. I, I mean, uh, what a cool thing. I mean, you, you've traveled extensively and climbed the 15,000-foot trail, 46 miles to Machu Picchu, um, led African safaris and some and summited Mount Kilimanjaro twice, <laughs> among other adventures. <laughs> I mean, all right. So this is this is cool in and of itself because I'm I know I've looked at pictures of Mount Kilimanjaro and <laughs> not ever thought about going there. Um, but uh, good stuff. I mean, why did you make time to to have these adventures? Because I think this is going to kind of connect back with uh, what you're talking about being a happiness explorer here. Well. Uh... Going through the world traveling is part of my DNA. I, I come from a family that my father was born in Turkey. My mother was born in Greece. My sister, France, my brother, England, and I got Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> Not <laughs> <Wow>. as glamorous, <laughs> but I come from, from a, a legacy of travelers. And, and before my parents, uh, my mother's uh, father uh, was in Russia and fled Russia because of the, the political situation at the time. And, and he actually was held at gunpoint by a soldier. The gun didn't go off. He pushes the soldier and starts running until he was able to leave Russia. And then he ended up in Greece. And so it's just in travel is just in my blood. That's, that's awesome because it sure is. You got, got an extensive uh, um, family there that's uh, had been in different places and, Moved around, and that's that's awesome. So it literally is in your blood. The uh, and uh, um, what a crazy thing to have to to know that you you moved on because you had to push someone out of your way, literally, to um, get on your on your own path so on on his own yeah. path. So good stuff. I, I, thanks for sharing that. And and most of my almost all of my production work has been uh, international work. I have shot more outside of our country than I have in. So really everything about my world points to being curious, being a seeker, being an explorer. And that's why I also look at, you know, ha- being a happiness explorer because that's that's both a a literal and metaphorical thing that that I do. You know, you you go out into the world and yes, you're exploring the landscape, but you are also exploring yourself because travel is so transformational. You know, you learn so much from other people, other cultures, you know, other ways of of thinking. So it's it all feeds it all feeds in. You know, and it's all about being curious that's awesome i that uh and that's that you definitely have a, a, a good sense of that <laughs> from what you've done so i mean, can can we talk a little bit about those safaris i mean uh, or, or the the trips to um like machu picchu or i mean what what was that like when you're just doing it 
There is a lot of uh, there's a lot of satisfaction in having a goal like climbing Kilimanjaro or climbing a, through a, a fifteen thousand foot pass to Machu Picchu. There is something magical to being in the middle of nowhere on a safari vehicle and watching at a waterhole elephants bathing their babies and and the zebra and the giraffes standing nearby, you know, waiting their turns to to go into the waterhole. It's it's just it's just magical. It takes your breath away. But one of the things that that um you know, when you when you take on a journey like trekking to Everest Base Camp, you know, going to Machu Picchu, going to Kilimanjaro, you are also you are also tapping into what you are capable of. You know, one of the um, things that I talk about in my book is, you know, being at the base of Kilimanjaro. And I got it into my head that I wanted to climb Kilimanjaro after I had spent a couple of months shooting a, a show for the History Channel. And it was about four modern day explorers retracing Henry Morton Stanley's journey to find Dr. Livingston. And Kilimanjaro is, is located in Tanzania. And after we got done shooting, I just thought, well, I'm here and I wanted to climb the mountain. However, I had never climbed a mountain. I certainly wasn't training. I'm a tad bit afraid of heights. And so I had no idea, even though I had this intense desire to climb this mountain, I I had no idea how I would do it. And I found myself at the foot of Kilimanjaro so scared that I wouldn't even look up to see how steep or how far I had to go. And I literally put one foot in front of the other until I finally summited six days later, the fourth tallest mountain in the world. And I just burst into tears because I did something that I had no idea I could do. And what that taught me is that that you can, if you set an intention, and especially if you set a big, huge intention and you break it down into, into tiny steps, so this is a, a literal tiny steps to, that got me to the top of that mountain, it showed that you can break through your limiting beliefs and that builds so much confidence. That's awesome. I, I can only imagine, uh, you know, that, that, well, just the feeling of being able to do, cause I, I love the fact that you just described yourself in the way that you did, that this is not like this is something you always, you've been, you were training to do this and always wanting to do it and, or, you know, always getting ready to do it, I guess is my point. And, and then, but you did it, <laughs> and it's so, and it's so awesome. You know, you, cause it, yes, it was a very spontaneous decision. <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. That's that is awesome. So, I, so you know, one of the things that I want to make sure I say here so is is that uh, you know, so you spent 
a bunch of years working on producing the the show Survivor. Was there any life lessons that you took away from that show that uh, working on that and and it, you know if you worked on location with them? I mean, what it, did you take away anything from that that uh, just kind of impacted your thoughts about happiness or your impacting your your travel needs and so forth like that? I spent seven seasons on Survivor and Survivor is a microcosm of society. And I had a front row seat to seeing the best and the worst in human nature. And I came to realize that we all have untapped potential that we don't fully understand until it's either tested like the survivors or you explore it. And so I took that as an, as inspiration to create a guide to happiness and a companion app. That is, it's so cool. Cause you know, it's um, when I was in the army, you know, early on they, they had us do uh, um, some training. And so like, for example, never in a million years that I thought about learning how to uh, repel off the side of a, you know, rock face or tower or something like that. And, you know, there's nothing like the feeling of as you're looking down the tower and you're going, you know, really, <laughs> did I choose to do this? Um, and I can only imagine the same thing, you know, the types of thoughts that uh, kind of go through as, as people are interacting and learning and um, trying to figure out how to uh, um, accomplish whatever it is that the task is before them. So I just, what an, what a neat part to be, I, I'd hate to be, I don't know about the, the part about seeing the bad out of people, but <laughs> the, the, <laughs> experiencing the good, it'd be really, really cool too. So good stuff. I, all right. So our, our focus today is your book, Take a Shot at Happiness, How to Write, Direct, and Produce the Life You Want. So why'd you write this book? I mean, uh, lots of people want to write a book, but they don't, but you actually did. I wrote the book. The, the book also comes my book, Take a Shot at Happiness, comes out of my pain. When I was at a point in my life where my career was not what I wanted it to be, and my personal life was not what I wanted it to be, and I was sitting in my Los Angeles office feeling pretty down and pretty sorry for myself, and something just clicked inside of me that just said, I am not going to be defined by this moment in time. This is not going to define me now or in the future. And I made the choice to be happy, to be happier. And then I started taking action towards that. I started reading books and then taking classes and getting certifications. And eventually I wanted to share what I had found to be so profound and life-changing for me, for others, and, and especially others in the creative community, other people who were writers, producers, directors like myself, because the entertainment industry is a really tough business. You get rejected a lot. And we aren't always, you know, we go to school to learn to be doctors, lawyers, 
but we're not really taught to take care of ourselves. And so I wanted to help other creative people take care of themselves so they can do their best work. And I, I, as I was writing the book, it was, this is for everybody. It's not just being a creative person. It's for everybody. You know, that's, that's awesome because that's something that uh, you're so right. You know, we're, we're taught that we want to do things, but not necessarily how to keep everything else running. <laughs> the, you know, there are, Everything from our how we see the world to uh, um, just the taking physically taking care of ourselves and and uh, to be able to you know know that you're going to have those days or those times where you, things aren't going to go well and how can you kind of snap yourself out of that or whatever so out of the feeling that the world's coming is all on top of me or something like that I, I don't know I just I think it, it, it's an important uh, aspect of uh, learning how to uh, how to deal with that stuff. I mean, what, what do you think? I think it's hugely important. You know, we talk about happiness. And after all of my studies, I feel happiness is another word for resilience. So my book teaches the virtues, qualities, and habits of happy people. And... You learn these so you can better navigate those challenging times. You learn to recognize when things are not working for you sooner, you create an awareness, and then you take the decision to do something about it. And through my book or books similar to mine, you you learn the tools to navigate those challenging times which helps you move that through those moments, those difficult moments, I feel quicker and get to the other side of it being more emotionally intact. So I think understanding happiness and what happiness really is in terms of a benefit is, is huge. It's awesome. Cause it, you know, I've always been jealous of people who, uh, um, have the, I've, I've had colleagues who, you know, you're working on stuff and, you know, this hits you, that hits you, this hits you. And, and it's like, oh my gosh, man, is anything else going to happen? And then, but you, you, you look to them because they look at you and go, yeah, but at least this bad thing didn't happen. You know, it's like, nice. How do you do that? And, and it, it's, it's cool. Cause it's a, it's a, you know, there's a mindset in there that uh, it's, it's all, unless you have somebody helping you, it's kind of hard to, transition to the to the idea that uh, uh you know it get better it could be worse <laughs> this is good it's just still good we can learn from this you know those types of things well it's very learnable you can teach yourself you can retrain your brain we're we're predisposed to a, a negative mindset, which, you know, goes back to when we were first, you know, walking the earth and, and that part of our brain really hasn't developed much. So we have this tendency towards the, the negative, which at one time was useful in terms of being vigilant to what would harm us, a you know, saber toothed tiger you know, popping up out of the bush and, and, you know, having you as an afternoon snack, be bad. you know, we don't have those, those kind of, 
we don't have those kind of daily threats. However, we still tend to to go towards the negative. And and now it doesn't service. So that ability, that negative bias at one time served a, a purpose in terms of helping to pr- protect your safe, safety. And now it it actually can result in being overstressed and and leading to a whole host of, of diseases that, that you don't want. And you can shift your mindset, you know, by, by doing intentional activities. And, and my, my book guides you in looking for positive moments in your life. And the more you do this as a consistent habit, you start to retrain your brain you're towards a positive neural pathway to the good. And the more you do this, it becomes your habit. And as it becomes your habit, it becomes your, your way of being. It reshapes your, your overall well-being, or what I like to say, your whole being, which is taking care of your mind, body, and spirit. So it's, it's teachable. You, 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 you have to want it. <laughs> you have to, yeah. You know, when people ask me what is the key to happiness, I say it's choice. And while it might say, well, yeah, but we all want to be happy. Yes, but we don't we don't intentionally choose to be happy and then do something about it. So it's choice backed by intentional activity. And that is what my book helps you do. And it, it, it helps you do it in a creative way. So what I do is I write about what I call happiness essentials. And these are the virtues and qualities that most happy people have. So it's things like having faith, having love, having gratitude, being forgiving. And then I have readers take their cell phones and go out and take pictures and then journal about them. And what this does is it takes these intellectual ideas about happiness that you are reading about. It engages you through creativity and makes head ideas, heart ideas. And when you take something into your heart, when you embody it that way, I feel it is it is more lasting. And I also think that when you are when you are uh, learning something, if you can learn in a way that is fun, you are more likely to do it and in more likely to have it become a habit. That's so important because it's like, you know, if, it, if there isn't some fun associated with it or, or, you know, your your thoughts aren't, if it's all about, oh, I got to go do this. <laughs> yeah, that's, it, um, yeah, that's not going to be something you're going to want to fondly address or, or remember or do, I would think. <laughs> or actually, I know. Well, and that's also <laughs> why... Uh, that's that's why I created a companion app to go with the book, 
because it has the the photography and the the writing assignments yeah all on the app so you can you can always be working on your your overall well-being that's cool so and and before we um not mention it until later before we finish um so where do they find the app how do they get it they they can go to the app store and download it Nice. So it's very simple. So we'll remind them about that when we get to the show notes, but um, we'll make sure we address that there. I, you know, one of the things bef- before we not go there, I want to mention something that you, you talk about something in the beginning of your book, because in the beginning of your book, you, ha- you have how to use this book. So there's a, there's a neat reason why you have that in the beginning. I was just wondering if you could talk about that. Well, I, I wanted to, people to understand that, that, they could go through the book in a couple of different ways, depending on what their need is. You know, you can either go through the book from beginning to end, just in in a linear fashion, or you can go to the book depending on do you want to really work on being more loving or do you want to work on being more forgiving and you can go to the chapter that that you feel you need to be fortified with the most and i i did that i did that intentionally because sometimes what i want the book to be is a book that stays with you after you read it the first time. I wanted a book that you can go back to and say, you know what, I, I'm really struggling with, you know, being more loving right now. And, and so you can go to that chapter. And what I did is make each chapter standalone. And I, I have eight points that I talk about. There are eight chapters and within each chapter, there are eight points that I make about whether it's faith or love or, or forgiveness. And the choice of the number eight was also very intentional because if you put it eight on its side, it's the, the um, infinity sign. And we are always a work in progress. There's always something that that you can be uh, fortifying in your life. And I chose to have the concepts that I would write about. And then after the concepts, there would be uh, photo assignments and written assignments to help you anchor what you are reading about. And then there are also what I call centering thoughts or affirmations. So if you want to sit in stillness and use the affirmations, they, they help to guide and, and center you. So I wanted to explain ahead what you were getting so you understood, you understood the benefits, the reason why and the benefits of, of going through the book. I love it. That's awesome. And that's, and it's, it, it's also cool because it, you, I think it's a neat thing when a author gives um, people permission to 
read things out of order because <laughs> there's, and I shouldn't say it that way. I guess I should say you give them permission to, this is not meant to be read in a certain, it's, it's meant to help you in what you need help with, I guess is where I'm going with that. And so, cause a lot of people say, I got to read, I'm going to read from front to back and, and uh, you're saying not necessarily. <laughs> and I like that. That's cool. Yeah. And, and I am, I, I and I encourage people to, yeah, you know, once they go through the book, they may they may feel that they have a slightly different set of happiness essentials and that's okay too. What my book is it's it's a guide. It's a point of departure to help you make that exploration to understand yourself better and what makes you happier. And then go freelance, go, you know, go explore things that are unique to you, you know? And, and so that's, that's what, that's what I want to readers to know that here is what I have learned here. And not only is this what I've learned, but it's also backed in research. So what I did is I sat myself down and I qualified what I thought were my happiness essentials. And then I researched to see if there was science to back up what I was intuitively feeling and experiencing. And that became my book. And the other thing that the other thing that I do in my book, I draw, I draw a lot on stories, stories that are either from my life or stories that we have seen in famous films or uh, news events. And I use those as departure points. I use that to set up to talk about an idea that relates to happiness. So I'll tell a story and then I go into the lesson. You know, that's uh, that's a, cool setup like that. I, I, you know, when you, um, first of all, in sharing stories, um, I think that a lot of times, uh, uh, makes people envision or understand more where the writer is going and, or it, it definitely understand. I mean, I love it when I have authors that share a story or tell a story or, or write in a, in a, in a way in which uh, you're experiencing what they did. And, um, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, I think stories, I think stories using, I think using stories and especially stories from news events that we know or from films that, that we know and love, it makes the material more relatable and more fun to learn. Going back to that idea that, um, you know, you do the things that you enjoy doing. So I'm trying to make learning how to be happier fun as, as opposed to a, a, a chore. I like that. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and I do it in, in also three ways. I, I have the stories that I tell and I, I have the photography the journaling and also creating a sense of community 
So I have a Facebook group that that people can can join and share what they're writing about or what they're going through. And I think that when you have a community where you feel safe that you can share, you know, similar experiences, you feel that you're not alone. And oftentimes you may be opening a perspective that someone else hadn't considered that's really helpful. Or you see, oh, I, yes, somebody else. Yes, I experienced that too. And and you create a bond. You know, there's there's something that's that just also gives you accountability too. Yeah, it's excellent. I I love that. I, you know, one of the things that you just you just mentioned a second ago was the journaling. Um, I was wondering if you could just talk about that for a minute. I mean, the the power that you uh, found in journaling, and uh, and also you, you have attached to it. Um, the idea of gratitude, sharing gratitude. I was wondering if you could talk about those for just a minute. Journaling is a way of taking a blob of thoughts. And especially when we're very emotional about something, your your thoughts can be very explosive. And writing enables you to start to give shape to you and clarity to your idea. So it, it takes that blob of thought and helps to clarify and organize and clarify what you are feeling, which you can better understand and take in as, as a positive lesson. You know, writing helps you process. It's cathartic. You know, to be able to just take all those those feelings that you don't understand are upsetting and you just free form write. You write without paying attention to grammar or editing yourself. You're just doing an emotional dump onto the page and it feels so good. It's like you you have a place that's safe, that's not, you're you're not being judged, you're just emptying yourself. And and a lot of times being able to empty yourself, you feel better and you have clarity around something that's, that's upsetting. Yeah. And then the gratitude piece is I am a big advocate of being thankful for everything, being thankful for having food in your refrigerator, for having a roof over your your head for having a warm bed for having somebody who loves and cares about you that you feel gratitude in the the smallest of everyday things because when you can focus on those small things to be grateful for it helps you to feel richer i mean and i don't mean monetarily but you feel richer inside of yourself you recognize oh things aren't as bad as i i i was thinking a moment ago there is actually a lot that's really good in my life you know and and learning to practice learning to be grateful and looking for things to be grateful for is a wonderful, wonderful practice for your overall happiness. 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's so cool. It's so much to learn from that. I, you know, it's something that, uh, um, I started journaling a long time ago when I first became a high school principal and it helped me kind of reflect on how I was doing for the day. And I still do this, you know, what went right, what went wrong, kind of talking to myself in there and, um, you know, never meant to be read by anybody but me, <laughs> but, uh, and I love the idea of, uh, gratitude every day. I, you know, it's just something that, uh, cause there's so much out there to be thankful for. And, uh, I think if we keep that in front of us, sometimes that, over, that is much more powerful than the negative. <laughs> uh, I love that you talk about that. Um, you know, one of the things I want to make Very sure, go, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was, I was agreeing very much that, that gratitude, there's something that Dr. Hansen, one of my favorite lessons that I learned from Dr. Hansen, which is savoring the good, where you intentionally look for something that is positive and you stay with that. You stay with it for 20 to 30 seconds. So you are savoring that moment. And doing that on a consistent basis really starts to reshape your neural pathway towards the positive. And going to that idea of with consistency, that becomes your habit and then reshapes your well-being. And the other piece of that that helps with it is the uh, photo what I call photo ops in my book, taking pictures of things that help you define what is love to me? What, what does gratitude look like for me? What does, what does faith look like to me? That, that you intentionally focus on images that represent love or gratitude or forgiveness. And that helps you better understand those concepts and how they are specific to your overall happiness. I love that. Love it. Cause that's just, uh, it's, it's a great way of being able to, I guess, try and say that you might not be able to put it with words that you can then you take the picture and then that can help you share what you're thinking um, with yourself, not just others. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I like that. The, you take these pictures, you take these photos for yourself, not for anyone else. You take them for yourself. If you want to share them with others, you can. And I, there's, there's a community space to do that. Um, though it's, it's the, the taking of the photographs I found to be very meditative for me, a very calming which is why that became an activity in my book. So for five years, every day, I would photograph something that brought happiness to me. And when I would just focus on a flower that I was walking by on my morning hike, the way the dew was still on the rose petals and the way the the sunlight was lighting up the petals. And I would just focus on that one image of that rose. It would just, everything else would just fall away. And it, I found this to be so relaxing and 
a lot of times when you're up, upset, if you can find something positive, something good, something that that brings you a bit of joy or happiness, if you can just focus on that for a moment and just let the other stuff fall away, I find it to be very helpful. I love that. So awesome. I, you know, one of the things I want to make sure that it, we, we, we talk about is that uh, um, you had the, the chance to uh, get a little lesson in happiness um, we visit a uh, Montessori school in Nairobi, and I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that with us before we finish up. Yes, there is, and I, I write about this story in my book. I was traveling through Kenya, and we stopped at a Montessori school, which was actually 140 miles north of Nairobi near Mount Kenya. So it was pretty remote. And we visited the school and I was so charmed by the second grade class. They sang this song and I'm not going to sing it for you, but I'm going <laughs> to share the words. And the words were, I am special. Look at me. You will see someone very special. That is me. And then I started to notice what was framed. Uh, there were sayings that were hanging on the wall framed. And they were, if you want to fly, give up everything that weighs you down. Integrity is the most valuable and respected quality of leadership. Accept no one's definition of your life. Define yourself. I was so impressed that these young minds were being given this kind of messaging, these lessons. And I think when you are exposed as a young mind to that kind of messaging, you are growing up with confidence and self-esteem and you're thinking about the good in the world you can do. And boy, wouldn't that be great if more of us got that kind of training at a young age versus waiting until we're having a midlife crisis and, and unhappy with what we're doing in life, that you had been given direction at a young age to think positively about yourself and the possibility about that you have. So I, I was very, very touched by being able to visit the, this group of second graders at, at this Montessori school. And it's a good lesson for, for us as adults. You know, it is never too late to learn to reframe your thoughts, you know, to think, think differently, to think positively and, and move in that direction. You know, to, and that's what my book is about. You know, it's about looking for those positive moments throughout the day to better understand yourself and make and understand what is going to make you happier and to and to really live into the life you want, not the life that that somebody else has in mind for you. You live the life you want. That's so awesome. You know, it's. One of the things I, I've been, this is my 37th year in public education. 
in the state of Georgia. And one of the things that teachers and administrators and so forth run into is from time to time, um, you know, it just seems like everything is upon you or it's not not happening the way you want it or, you know, whatever the, the thing is, it's just there's no silver cloud you know, lining behind the, the cloud or something like that. And, you know, being able to to learn how to kind of take that as it is, but focus on what you're trying to, to be and how you're trying to um, work with the kids. And I, I always think that uh, what uh, school is really about is helping kids achieve their dreams. And, and uh, you know, it's, uh, but it's, it gets difficult sometimes when you think you're on your own. And there are a lot of people who, uh, who've called it quits over the last bunch of years. Um, I was wondering, you know, what, uh, what you might say to to someone like that, trying to get them back in a in a happy spot, back in a uh, frame of mind where it's like, yeah, this stuff over here doesn't bother me. I need to just focus on what I've I've been doing or what I need to do or where I should be do where, where I should be. Uh, what what do, what do you think? Well, I think happiness is a choice, and it's understanding that it's a choice. So having those conversations with someone so they 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 know that that just because they are feeling a certain way or that they are in a certain life circumstance they're not they're not they're not doomed by it they're not defined by it there is a, a happiness pie chart that was uh, made popular, came out of the research that Sonia, Dr. Sonia Lubomirsky does at the University of Cal- uh, California, Riverside. And this pie chart is 50% in terms of your happiness, what defines happiness. 50% is your DNA. is your life circumstance and 40% is affected by intentional activities that you do. So that making a choice and intentionally doing something, you have 40% that is within your control, which impacts that 10% of your life circumstance. If you're looking at that pie chart and there is, a whole field of epigenetics that say that even if you are predisposed to a certain happiness set point, it, 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 you are not defined by that. You know, you have to be in the right environment for that, that uh, happiness set point, that DNA to fire off. So you have an awful lot that is within your power. You know, so that 40% and that that's really the, the, the big takeaway is you have a large percentage within your control that that you can do intentional activities that will level up, that will lift you up. And it's it's understanding and believing that you can do that. And so it's reading, it's reading books that are inspirational. 
It's listening to podcasts that that are uplifting. It's it's finding things that give you joy and that that you give yourself maybe even even uh, an experiment. So for one month every day do something that brings you joy and notice the difference. You know, try that experiment of of every day maybe what will bring you joy is is uh going out and walking in nature maybe the next day is sitting with uh, a friend and having a meaningful conversation but choosing something every day for 30 days and seeing the difference you know just really noticing that and when you think about our thoughts, especially the negative ones, you know, our, our, and you can just even do this as a thought experiment. You know, if you think about something that uh, is negative or unproductive or upsetting, you know, how does that make you feel inside? Chances are it makes you feel tight and contracted. And then if you shift your thought, to something that is positive, that makes you happy, that brings you joy. You know, maybe it's it's the, the sound of your kids, whatever that is, you know, notice how you feel, how much more expanded and calm and and joyful you feel when you you think about something that that is a happy thought. So it's it's doing those simple things that when you see the benefits, it causes you to want to do more of it. That's awesome. Love it. I love it. Uh, uh, Maria, we're getting ready to finish up. Before we do, if someone wanted to follow up and connect with you and learn more, where would you send them? They can go to my website, mariabaltazi.com. They can find me on Instagram, also under my name, and on Facebook. And they can also download my app, which is called Take a Shot at Happiness. Go to the App Store. And wherever books are sold online, Amazon, uh, Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, Goodread, you can uh, order my book. Take a shot at happiness, how to write, direct, and produce the life you want. Love it. Love it. And I'll put that information in the show notes, make it easy for them to find. And one last question, a question I like to ask my guests, and it goes like this. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Yes, I do. The teacher that influenced me is Ron Osborne. And he was my writing teacher in graduate school. And Ron is an award-winning writer. He has written on, if you remember the TV show, Moonlighting. He wrote on West Wing. He uh, was one of the writers on Meet Joe Black with uh, Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's quite established. And he was so supportive of me in in graduate school when I was taking writing classes from him. And it was through him that I, I came to believe that I could actually write. 
So I am forever grateful that that he gave me that gift because then I went on to use my writing skills in television, you know, writing shows and now eventually a book. The other thing about my writing teacher, Ron Osborne, is that even though he is a very, very successful writer in Hollywood, I was always impressed by how he handled himself in that he never was boastful about himself. He would share stories about his his writing career, but it was never boastful. And he also really loved his wife and family. And in his success, he still kept a humility and humbleness that I always admired. Very cool. So awesome. Uh, Maria, thank you so much for sharing your book. Take a shot at happiness, how to write, direct, and produce the life you want. I love it. I love the, the talk about happiness and the, and the journaling and gratitude and all of that. Um, so powerful and inspiring. Wishing you the best in all you do. Thank you. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.